0: black peace peace family this powerpoint presentation okay is
1: titled this is part two to my mini-series about um operations excuse me operation popeye fake weather and um what's it called hurricane dorian that i went in on when it happened because i was like chill chill it's like the storm sat there so you're telling me like, the way they described the storm was like a person's consciousness. Like, it sat there. Like, okay. So, it thought to sat and then sat. Like, no, nah, man. Chill, 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 chill. Chill. Okay. So, here we are. Let's go. Because I don't want to waste a minute. This is really important shit. Because, you know, there's a lot of storms happening in the world right now. And, like, you know, figuring out. Well, I, I think that this information, as fundamental as it is. Will help you discern which ones are fake and which ones are real. Period.
0: Hurricane Dorian and geo warfare. Okay, and this presentation is going to be exactly about what it sounds like. It's That's about. That's right. Okay, it's going to be about Hurricane Dorian specifically. We know there's been many hurricanes, but we want to focus on Hurricane Dorian because that is what you know. We are assuming to be, we have to say assuming. Listen to because these that been reptile, proven, what these reptiles you know, have to say. In their court of law, yet. So you want to say that is what we are assuming to be the most recent man-manufactured storm, okay, that we can prove, okay? And we can prove this uh, not only through the behavior of the storm, okay, but through the false description given of the storm by newscasters, uh and, and news reporters and news stations such as cnn so we're about to go in you know in this particular presentation hard body no holes bar and um once again more presentations such as this one all right will be available at my personal website young okay so if you want to rewatch this presentation after today go subscribe to my personal website this presentation will be there along with over 30 others okay and i'm doing these uh I'm doing at least three of these or two of these a month and then a major lecture a month. And you know, uh, you're not able to catch these live streams and you just wanna see them when they post it, subscribe to my personal website and they'll be right there waiting for you. And with that being said, family, let's jump right in. First and foremost, we need to ask ourselves, what is a hurricane? Before we get to talking about Hurricane Dorian and you know, break it down some of the major points, uh, we have to first understand basic science uh, basic oceanology, and, um, you know, basic uh, weathering systems in order to understand how they manipulate these systems. Okay, so this is going to be a combination of learning the layers of the Earth's atmosphere, uh, you know, heart, um, and as I stated, you know, natural occurrences within uh, the weathering system so that we can understand how these occurrences are being uh, uh, created unnaturally. Uh, So with that being said, what is a hurricane? Hurricanes are cyclonic storms, which form in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Hurricanes form over warm water locations within these oceans, okay? Now this is going to be very important, okay? This is going to be very important. The location of where hurricanes form is going to be very important in a second, okay? So keep that on your mind. How do hurricanes form? Let me put the part one there, okay? For my part one and part two.
1: Comprehensive-
0: How do hurricanes form part one? Okay.
1: Well that was about season. Three. The
0: sea surface temperature, okay, once it reaches 80 degrees, 80 degrees and above, causes evaporation and condensation within water vapor, which produces heat. Okay? So as water evaporates and condensates, okay, in these tropical tropical areas, uh specifically, you know, more towards the equator within the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, okay? This condensation process produces heat. Now, anybody with a third grade science level knows that heat rises because molecules are less dense. Colder air sinks because molecules are more dense. And so what happens is this heat rises uh, once the condensation uh, process takes place over these warm waters within these specific parts of the oceans. And once this heat rises, okay, it begins to create a spiral movement of air. But uh, you know, due to it coming into contact and mixing in with cooler air, so as the cooler air is rising, I mean, excuse me, as the warmer air is rising and the cooler air is sinking, it begins to create a spiral. Okay, and this is what we consider the eye of the storm. Okay, so y'all need to understand how hurricanes are first formed. Period. Okay, so uh, there's a there's a distinction between a, a hurricane. A cyclone and a tsunami, and I'm going to explain them in a minute. A hurricane, uh, well, I'll give you the the simple description of a hurricane when I'm done in a second. But long story short, okay, how do hurricanes form part two? Now, the vapors, okay, produce clouds, which then produce raining, a.k.a. the storm. So you got the hot air rising, the cold air sinking. This is creating your cyclonic effect, okay? But then the vapors, due to to the evaporation and condensation process, are now beginning to rise. Okay, as we see here, let me go back to this picture. As we see here, and this is what creates the thunderstorms, okay? And so, once again, the vapors produce clouds, which then produce the raining storm. Uh, The now-forming hurricane is then carried into warmer water, where it becomes stronger as it is introduced into more vapor, which gives it more mass and energy, Okay. Now, note only a strong wind in the upper atmosphere can stop a hurricane by displacing the cyclic motion of warmer winds. Now, let me break this down to y'all. Okay. Boom. Warm air begins to rise. Okay. Over eighty degree plus temperature water. Okay. Now, the colder air begins to sink. This creates a cyclonic effect, aka the eye of the storm, aka you have the formation of a hurricane, which is basically a tornado over water, over warm water. Specifically. Now, why is this important? As the vapors rise, they create clouds, okay? And these clouds then create the thunderstorms, etc. Now, we have a hurricane forming over warm water. This hurricane is then pulled towards land because the winds outside of the cyclonic patterns within the eye of the storm are pushing it within the natural currents of the ocean, specifically the Atlantic and Pacific oceans, towards even warmer water, okay? Okay. So this is what brings um, the hurricane towards landmass, okay? Now, now that you understand what a hurricane is and how it forms, now we have to understand what is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon, okay? Let me sip my water real quick, and we're going to continue on. Okay, so now we want to understand what is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon. Okay, what is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? The only difference between a hurricane and a typhoon is the location where the storm occurs. Okay, hurricanes and typhoons are the same weather phenomenon, aka, they're considered tropical cyclones. A tropical cyclone is a generic term used by meteorologists to describe a rotating organized system of clouds and thunderstorms that originates over tropical or subtropical waters. and has closed low level circulation. Okay, now what is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? Part two hurricanes form within the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, cyclones uh, form within the Atlantic Ocean via in between Africa and South America. Okay, so more south, uh, uh, you know, more in the direction of south towards Antarctica typhoons form within the indian ocean okay and western in the west pacific okay so that's in between like africa asia and australia and on the outside of asia and australia let me give you another example on this map okay you see the hurricanes near the equator over here between the atlantic and the and the pacific ocean and then you see the cyclones forming down here between the atlantic and the indian ocean and you see the typhoons forming within the West Pacific Ocean, going towards the Atlantic Ocean. So these are all considered tropical storms, okay? They just form differently depending upon water temperature, okay, and the atmosphere at the time that is created via the uh, temperature and mass of the vapor at the time above sea level on these oceans. So that's the difference between a hurricane, a cyclone, and a typhoon, okay? Now, continuing on, we want to understand what is hurricane. Because now that we understand how hurricanes are created naturally, now we need to understand how they can be created unnaturally. Okay? Now, what is HARP? Okay? Boom. Let's just jump right into it. HARP, right? And this is coming from the University of Alaska, okay? Geophysical Institute. HARP stands for High Frequency Active or Rural Research Program, H A A R P. OK, this is right from the University of Alaska uh, Geophysical Institute's website. So I don't want nobody saying this is conspiracy and we making this up and blah, 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 blah. This is what these people posted about their own programs that they themselves run. OK, so this is not a conspiracy theory. This is facts. Now, continuing on. OK. And you can see this is an actual photograph of the HARP program located, excuse me, located in Gakona, Alaska. Now keeping it moving. What is HARP? Part two. HARP stands for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, A.K.A. HARP. High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, is a scientific endeavor aimed at studying the properties and behavior of the ionosphere. And I'm going to break down what the ionosphere is in a second. But stay, stay tuned with me, family. Operation of the research facility was transferred from the United States Air Force to the University of Alaska Fairbanks on August 11, 2015, allowing Hart to continue with exploration of the ionospheric uh, phenomenology via a land-use cooperative research and development agreement. Hart is the world's most capable high-power, high-frequency transmitter for study of the ionosphere. The Hart program is committed to developing a world-class ionospheric research facility consisting of 0.1, the ionospheric research instrument, a high power transmitter frequency operating in the high frequency range. The IRI can be used to temporarily excite a limited area of the ionosphere for scientific study. Now, that's going to be very important. And once I break down what the ionosphere is, y'all going to understand what they mean by excite specific uh, areas or limited areas of the, of the ionosphere. OK, point two is a sophisticated suite of scientific uh, excuse me a sophisticated suite of scientific or diagnostic instruments that can be used to observe the physical processes that occur in the excited region okay observation of the processes resulting from the use of the IRI in a controlled manner will allow scientists to better understand processes that occur continuously under the natural stimulation of the sun Scientific instruments installed at the HARP Observatory can also be used for a variety of continuing research efforts which do not involve the use of IRI but are strictly passive. These include ionospheric characterization using satellite beacons telescope observation of the fine structure in the aurora and documentation of long-term variations in the ozone layer. Okay? Now, with that being said, let's go into how Hart works. Okay? We're going to go into how Hart works now. And then after, we're going to break down the ionosphere, okay? How does HART work? Okay, the facility's transmitters send radio waves upwards into the ionosphere between 100 and 350 kilometers in altitude. The resulting heating effects create irregularities in the electron density there, which in turn allow communication signals as from satellites to be relayed off the ionosphere, okay? Now, let me break this down. Let me read this one part again because it's important. The ionosphere research instrument, a high-powered transmitter facility operating in high frequency range, the IRI, can be used to temporarily excite a limited area of the ionosphere for scientific study. Okay? Now you can see here, here's the actual footage of heart. Okay. What these devices do is they send electromagnetic radio waves up into the up into the ionosphere, okay, and they agitate the particles within the ionosphere to literally heat it up like a microwave and cause alterations within the weather, okay? Now, I'm going to break down to you what the ionosphere is so that you can understand why that's actually important, okay? What is the ionosphere? First, you need to understand the layers of the atmosphere, okay? We have Earth. Then after Earth, we have the troposphere, okay? And then from the troposphere, we have the tropopause, And then after the tropopause we have the stratosphere, okay? So the stratosphere is the highest that an airplane can go. Okay, so from the earth to the stratosphere is our human limitation or from, from basic traveling, okay? After the stratosphere, you have the ozone layer and the mesosphere. Now we outer space now. Now this is where spaceships go and rockets go, okay? Ozone layer and the mesosphere. Now beyond where our spaceships can go, okay? is considered the aurora, aka the ionosphere, okay? Hence the word Aurora, in the name of Harp, which is an acronym. Okay. Now the ionosphere is the layer of Earth's atmosphere that contains a high concentration of ions and free electrons, and is able to reflect radio waves. Okay. It lies above the mesosphere, as you can see here, and extends from about 50 to 600 miles above the Earth's surface. Okay. Now, it's also defined as a region similar to an ionosphere above the surface of another planet. Now, the ionosphere is basically what connects our planet's electromagnetic field to outer space. Soon as you leave the ionosphere, your ass is outer space. Okay? Now, this is going to be very critical, and this is going to be very important as we revisit and reinstitute within our minds how the heart machine works. Because remember, the heart machine is broadcasting radio waves into this particular sphere of existence, okay? Into this particular, excuse me, into this particular layer of the atmosphere, okay? And so, um, excuse me, family, this is saving automatically. As soon as it's done, I'm, I'm switching my slide. But long story short, what they're doing is they're manipulating the electrons within this, within this layer of, uh, of, of the atmosphere, which is basically outer space, and they're heating up certain sections to cause certain weather phenomena. So if they heat up the ionosphere over here, they can alter the weather of Africa. If they heat it up over here, they can alter the the weather of North America. If they heat it up over here, okay, and then create artificial vapors using, uh, I believe it's called the the RS 25 engine, which I'm going to show you in a minute, or they cloud seed, okay, then they can create an artificial hurricane, which I'm going to show you in a second, but continuing on. What is the function, okay, of the ionosphere? The function of the ionosphere is to provide atmospheric electricity. See these thunderbolts and these thunderstorms? These are coming from electromagnetic discharges from basically outer space, the ionosphere, and they're discharging within the Earth. Now, let me break this down. Atmospheric electricity is the study of electrical charges in the Earth's atmosphere or that of another planet, the movement of charge between the Earth's surface, the atmosphere, and the ionosphere is known as global atmospheric at, I mean excuse me, is known as the global atmospheric electrical circuit. Atmospheric electricity is an interdisciplinary topic with a long history involving concepts from electrostatistics, atmospheric physics, meteorology, and earth science. Thunderstorms Act as a giant battery in the atmosphere, charging up the electrosphere to about 400,000 volts with respect to the surface. Okay, this sets up an electric field throughout the atmosphere, which decreases with increase in altitude. Okay, atmospheric ions created by cosmic rays and natural radioactive radioactivity move in the electric field so a very small current flows through the atmosphere. Even away from thunderstorms, near the surface of the earth, the magnitude of the field is on average about 100 volts, okay? Now, why is this important? Okay, let's finish up the definition and we're gonna break this down. Excuse me, boom. Atmospheric electricity involves both thunderstorms which create lightning bolts to rapidly discharge huge amounts of atmospheric charge stored, stored in storm clouds and the continual electrification of the air due to ionization from cosmic rays and natural radioactivity, which ensure that the atmosphere is never quite neutral, okay? Now, the this is the part of the atmosphere that they're disturbing, okay, using the heart machine. Now, we want to understand cloud seeding. Okay, because cloud seeding is going, to be, is going to be very important because when we under when we break down how Hurricane Dorian was created, I need for y'all to understand at least simplistically the levels of of, of meaning of cloud seeding, uh, atmospheric electricity, ionization, and how the heart machine works so that it can come all it, it can all come together. How now? How does cloud seeding work? Okay, cloud seeding is the process of spreading silver iod, uh, iodide into clouds to stimulate the, pro- the precipitation process to form rain and snow. Silver iodide is a yellow ins- uh, insoluble powder that darkens when exposed to light, okay? Now, what happens is these airplanes go up and they spray silver iodide across, uh, you know, the designated area. The silver iodide particles rise into the clouds, okay? So this is basically what you see, or, or this is basically the same process of of when you see chemtrails, etc. okay? Now, number three, the silver iodide then causes the cloud moisture to freeze, a.k.a. it causes the particles to condensate and create ice crystals. But if they cloud seed over an area such as the Bahamas, okay, the particles won't become solids. They'll become liquids because the temperature doesn't allow that. So this is why they say solid cleaning, um, excuse me, Cloud seeding can be used to produce not just snow, but rain as well. Now the crystals or the rain, okay, uh, become solidified enough and, and they generate enough mass to now fall to the earth. So this is how cloud seeding works. Now silver iodide is the chemical compound used in cloud seeding. Let's break down what that is. Silver iodide, okay, is an inorganic compound with the formula AGI. The compound is a bright yellow solid, but samples, okay, almost contain I mean almost always contain impurities of metallic silver that give a gray coloration. The silver contamination arises because AGI is highly photosensitive. The property is exploited in silver based photography. Okay? So this right here is proof that they spraying metals into the air. So that's not a conspiracy. I'm tired of people always saying something is a goddamn conspiracy. Blah, 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 blah. It's not a conspiracy, okay? These are facts. We have the receipts. Now, let's keep it moving, okay? This is a fake cloud slash vapor machine. This is known as the RS-25 engine. Now, I'm going to show y'all this machine to show y'all that these people have created the ability to create artificial clouds, okay? And why would it be important to create artificial clouds? If you create artificial clouds and then you seed them and you make them rain and then you you uh, alter the weather and the electromagnetic particles in the atmosphere, the area you're doing this in, you can create a storm. Okay, that's what y'all need to understand. Now let me let me play the video before I keep it moving. Here we go.
1: Making fake clouds. Making the weather. And again, this is NASA shit. You see the NASA logo I think you on see it. Them
0: creating
1: clouds. Yep. Fake weather. So when I say the weather's fake, you know, there it is. There it is. Just refer to this episode. Right, there it is.
0: Alright. And so you know, I'm going to bring it here just so y'all can see. We don't really need to debate anymore on, you know, a, can you create a fake cloud? Okay, you see it right here. You see the word NASA on there. Okay, this is, go look it up RS 25 engine. Okay, this creates vapors, and these vapors become clouds. Okay, now, continuing on. How was Hurricane Dorian created? Hurricane Dorian was created by manipulating the ionosphere along with instigating a tropical storm via the use of cloud seeding and artificial cloud creation, okay? Now, before somebody try to say, oh, woo-dee-woo, you making this up, I'm going to show you actual documents, okay, from the 60s, okay, in the 90s, okay, to prove to you. That they've been doing this. Matter of fact, let me put this one down here so that way I go in order. Okay? Boom. We're gonna start right here with Operation Popeye. From 19 this operation took place between 1967 and 1972. Operation Popeye, okay, is a project which controlled the weather. Okay? Operation Popeye was a highly classified weather modification program in Southeast Asia. During from 1967 and 1962, the cloud seeding operation during the Vietnam War ran from March 20th, 1967, until July 5th, 1972, in an attempt to extend the monsoon season, specifically overseas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. the The operation used to induce rain and extend the East Asian monsoon season in support of U.S. government efforts related to the war in Southeast Asia. So before I continue, the Operation Popeye, okay, is the United States government attempting to weaponize the weather, okay, during the Vietnam War. Nobody's making this up. I'm going to show you the documents in a minute. The former U.S. Secretary of Defense, okay, Robert S. McNara was aware that there might be objections raised by the international scientific community, but said in a memo to the president that such objections had not in the past been a basis for prevention of military activities considered to be in the interest of the U.S. national security. Okay. The chemical weather modification program was conducted from Thailand over Cambodia, Laos and Vietnam and allegedly sponsored by Secretary of State Henry Kissinger and CIA without the authorization of the Secretary of Defense, Melvin Laird, who had categorically denied uh, to Congress that a program for modification of the weather for use as a tactical weapon ever existed. Okay, so this goes to show you not only can these people do shit behind your back, they can lie to Congress as well, who in turn is lying to you, okay? Now let's look up, okay? um, We're gonna look up right now, this is from the Office of the Historian. So everybody can go to this website and look this up and these documents are in relation to Operation Popeye. These are actual United States Foreign Relations documents. You see right here it says Foreign Relations of the United States. 1964 to 1968 memorandum from the deputy under secretary of state for political affairs colder of secretary of state this is uh from washington january 13th, 1967 okay so these are actual documents this is not conspiracy subject matter says what weather modification in north vietnam and laos in parentheses it says project popeye now The proposal within this document says what? Number one, the first proposal is the the Department of Defense has requested our approval to initiate the operational phase of Project Popeye in selected areas, okay, Along along the infiltration routes in North Vietnam and southern Laos. The objective of the program is to produce sufficient rainfall along these lines of communication to interdirect or at least interfere with truck traffic between North and South Vietnam. Recently improved cloud seeding techniques will be applied on a sustained basis in a non-publicized effort to induce continued rainfall through the months of the normal dry season. This is the United States government letting you know that not only have they controlled the weather since the Vietnam War, they used it. As an advantage during a period of war. Okay, so I'm tired of people keep saying everything is a conspiracy. Everything is not a conspiracy. Okay, facts are facts. Cut it out. Now let's keep it moving. Operation Popeye Part Three. Now this is the this is uh the background section of this same document right here. So number so we were in proposal. Now we in the background. Okay, background number two. A test phase of Project Popeye was approved by State and Defense and conducted during October 1966 in a strip in a strip of the Lao Panhandle generally east of the Bolivians Plateau in the valley of the Sekong River. The test was conducted without consultation, uh excuse me, the test was conducted without consultation with Lao authorities, but with Ambassador Sullivan's knowledge and concurrence, and to the best of our knowledge, remains unknown. To other than severely limited number of U.S. officials, okay. Three during the test phase, more than 50 cloud seeding experiments were conducted. the The results are viewed by d by DOD as outstandingly successful, okay. A 82 percent of cloud seeded produce rain within a brief period after seeding, a percentage appreciably higher than normal expectation in the absence of seeding. So this right here is letting you know not only have they conducted these tests, they are telling you that they were successful. Okay? This is not people on the internet making this up. This is not conspiracy. This is out of the mouth of, of, of the people who we are saying can control the weather themselves. Okay? Now let's go to the discussion. Discussion point five says what? The present DOD proposal would grant authority for the conduct of cloud-seeding activities on a sustained basis, okay? The designated areas in North Vietnam, it would mean taking advantage of the present Northeast monsoon, okay, to increase norm- normal rainfall. The objective is to inhibit overland vehicular movement and to reinforce the bottlenecks already created uh, at stream crossings by and bombing of bridges and ferry installations, with respect to Laos, the objective is to extend rainfall through the dry season, which began in November and continues through April or May, keeping the ground as near to as near the saturation point as possible and obstructing traffic that normally for streams during the low water period, okay? So with that being said, this is not up for debate. It's never been up for debate, but it's damn sure not up for debate now. And so once again, y'all, we have confirmed from the horse's mouth. Okay, that the government is modifying and controlling weather behind your back. Well, I can't even say behind your back because this is public information. You just don't care to look for. So in your face and behind your back at the same time. But continuing on. Okay, now we want to talk about a recent uh, project. I mean, a recent project and document. Now, now, the uh, Operation Popeye was from the 60s. This is from 1996, okay? You see this says, weather as a force multiplier, owning the weather in 2025. So this document is from 1996, where they were talking about how they wanted to own the weather by 1995, okay? This is from the United, this says, a research paper presented to the United States Air Force.
1: 2025. Okay.
0: You can see right here it says distribution statement approved for public release. Okay? Now let's keep it moving. In 2025, U.S. aerospace forces can own the weather by capitalizing on emerging technologies and focusing development of those technologies to warfighting applications, such as capability offers the warfighter tools to shape the battle space in ways never before possible. It provides opportunities to impact operations across the full spectrum of conflict and is pertinent to all possible futures. The purpose of this paper is to outline a strategy for the use of a future weather modification system to achieve military objectives rather than to provide a detailed technical uh, technical roadmap. A high-risk, high-reward endeavor, weather modification, offers a dilemma not unlike the splitting of the atom, with some segments of society will always be reluctant to examine controversial issues such as weather modification, the tremendous military capabilities that could result from this feel are ignored at our own peril. From enhancing friendly operations or disrupting those of the enemy via small-scale tailoring of natural weather patterns to complete dominance of global communications and counter space control, weather modifications Offers the warfighter a wide range of possible options to defeat or coerce an adversary. Some of the potential capabilities a weather modification system could provide a warfighting commander in chief. Okay, are listed in table one. Technology advancements in five major areas are necessary for an integrated weather modification capability. Advanced nonlinear model techniques, compu- uh computational capability, Information gathering and transmission, a global sensor array and weather intervention techniques, okay, some intervention tools today may be developed and refined for future. Okay, and so once again this is out of the horse's mouth. Now this is a representative representative okay of the US Air Force confirming the existence, okay, and
2: the capabilities of heart. Let's listen. The Air Force has uh, gotten great value out of HAARP in the past We took over from the Navy and managed it, and actually did a number of uh, experiment campaigns up there, and uh, had finished our, our work that we were interested in doing up there. With, uh, moving on to other ways of uh, managing the ionosphere, which the HARP was really designed to do, was to inject energy into the ionosphere and be able to actually control it. And uh, what that work is, has been completed. Okay,
0: so you heard him just admit... That the work of using her is not only completed, but it has been utilized already by certain sections of the military. Okay? So, this is not conspiracy. Now, this is CNN purposely lying about the level of Hurricane Dorian. And the reason that this is going to be important is because I'm going to show you that Hurricane Dorian was nowhere as big and did not show the the, the normal, natural rhythms or characteristics of a of a natural hurricane. But I'm going to show you uh, why they was putting out such propaganda in order to debunk the fact that Hurricane Dorian was even a natural hurricane. OK, let's keep it moving. It's the strongest storm to ever hit the
2: Bahamas and this is the strongest storm to ever hit the Bahamas. It has made that first landfall, the Abaco Islands, which is part of the Bahamas. And it is moving at a snail's pace. You can pretty much uh, walk fast or jog faster than this storm is going. And it's going to sit over the Bahamas for a good 36 hours at least before making that northward turn. And it's going to sit over the Bahamas for a good 36 hours at least before making that northward turn. And so when you think about that, 185 mile per hour winds, gusts higher than 200 for a 36 hour duration, that is, that is unprecedented.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous. But it's not true, okay? And so now we want to go to the actual size of Hurricane Dorian. Here we go, let's get it, family.
2: This is just one website you can go to to see for yourself what the wind speeds actually are in any given location. It's called Venture Sky. You can adjust the height and find out what the speeds are for specific elevations. According to this and other wind data maps, mainstream media is exaggerating Dorian's wind speed by over 50 miles per hour. So the question is, why? None of what they're saying can be supported by the data that anybody can look up and see for themselves on the internet. The information you're looking at right here comes from Mike Morales' channel, where he- I not pay attention to this family into all this weather phenomenon using multiple maps. What you're looking at here on the right side is Dorian, this so-called monster Cat 5 hurricane.
0: This is Dorian right here on the weather map, okay? You see how small that is? Keep watching.
2: What you're seeing on the left side is the official Category 5 typhoon Trami near Japan from the September 2018 season compared to what we're seeing right now with Dorian. Hurricanes are usually asymmetrical and wider, whereas Dorian is compact with an eye wall that's perfectly circular.
0: Okay. So you can see that Hurricane Dorian is nowhere near the size of this typhoon from 2018. So the way that they describe it on the news, they describe it as if it's the same size as this one on the left. Okay? Now, uh, we want to show you, okay, I want to show you Uh, Hurricane Dorian being manipulated by electromagnetic fields. If you watch this closely, okay, you'll see something happening to the one on the right that doesn't happen to the one on the left. You'll see electromagnetic fields coming from over on the coast of Florida feeding Hurricane Dorian. You're not going to see electromagnetic fields carrying, feeding this typhoon on the left. Now watch this.
2: According to Mike Morales, who does weather for a living, and some others who are monitoring this very closely, this appears to be a manufactured storm. And check out this anomaly that you won't see on mainstream media. This comes straight from the mort, or microwave imagery. See these dark branched outlines coming? Pause. It's
0: right here, for those of you who might can't see it. You see this navy blue strip? It's even coming off the coast right here. It's coming all the way up, all the way before you get to the west coast of Florida, coming off the east coast of Florida, and feeding the hurricane.
2: Watch the this. The west side of Florida and Look, touching the outer bands of Dorian. The microwave imagery actually captures some kind of energy field connecting with the storm. Okay. What's that all about?
0: Okay. Now. Now. It's important. Okay. It's important because hurricanes don't sit still. Okay. So the fact that Hurricane Dorian hovered over the Bahamas shows an abnormality in and in irregular in, you know, in, uh, in in a non, I mean, excuse me, in an unnormal uh, phenomena has taken place.
2: And I'm Christine Romans. It is Tuesday, September 3rd. It is 5 a.m. in the east. We start with breaking news this morning. Hurricane Dorian doing something hurricanes if ever, do. Hurricane
0: you heard him just admit that on the news? Hurricane Dorian doing something that hurricanes rarely, if ever, do. Watch.
2: Dorian doing something hurricanes rarely, if ever do it is completely stalled now for a full day over the Bahamas. Look at the radar essentially just spinning in place as the storm completely flat of the Bahamas. In the words of the National Hurricane Center, Dorian simply won't budge. You see that? I'm going to run out of that back one more time. Rarely, if ever, do Hurricane Dorian doing something hurricanes rarely, if ever, do. It is completely stalled now for a full day over the Bahamas. Look at the radar essentially just spinning in place as the storm completely flattens parts of the Bahamas. In the words of the National Hurricane Center, Dorian simply won't budge. Okay. And so I'm
0: waiting for somebody to explain to me how the hell this hurricane just magically sitting over the Bahamas and no other hurricane has done this. Now let's go to the to Hurricane Dorian death toll, okay? Now that we can prove, okay, that this hurricane was a man-made and man, uh, I mean, excuse me, an artificially manufactured storm. Not only through its behavior, but we broke down the sciences of how you can actually create a hurricane And we've shown documentation of the government confirming that they've been controlling weather since the 60s, okay? Now we want to talk about how many people Hurricane Dorian has killed or caused caused missing. Now this is important because if this is true, then this is the United States government, okay, utilizing the heart machine to cause catastrophes and cause civilian casualties. So this is this is government tyranny, okay? And we can prove this, okay? So we not this is not you know a, a joking situation, okay? If the government can kill your ass by creating storms, especially in areas where Black people live, okay? Because if they can wipe out the Bahamas with a storm, then they can wipe out your your neighborhood and my neighborhood with a storm too. Now, this is from Fox News. This is from September twelfth. 2019, okay? The Bahamas say 2,500 people are missing after Hurricane Dorian. Death toll expected to significantly increase. Foxnews.com, more than a week after Hurricane Dorian ripped through the Bahamas, okay? Claiming at least 50 lives, officials said Wednesday that an estimated 2,500 people are still missing. A spokesman for the National Emergency Management Agency, said that thousands of people listed as missing could change after the names are checked against the roster of people who evacuated the tropical country or are staying in shelters on the islands. Okay? Hurricane Dorian death toll part two. Okay? Do you see what this hurricane did to the Bahamas? Okay? Do you see what this what the hurricane did to the Bahamas? Okay? So I don't, I don't want nobody to, 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 you know, I had to throw a couple pictures in here of the actual devastation, so that nobody's ignorant to the actual reality of what it is people in the Bahamas are facing, because we have mad scientists, psychopathic sociopaths running the goddamn world, and they want to use science to destroy people. Okay, so Hurricane Dorian Death Toll Part Three. Look at this. The entire Bahamas is destroyed, in case y'all don't know. The entire Bahamas is destroyed, okay? Hurricane Dorian, part four, look at her. Out there suffering. No food, no water, no shelter, nowhere to go, okay? Okay? Hurricane Dorian, death toll, part five. Look at this, okay? Look at this. Not to mention, you better hope, uh... You know, it ain't no animals that live in that water that's crushing kids. Okay? And so, the reason that this is important, family, as I get ready to bring this presentation to an end, the reason that this is important is because we have to realize that there is an agenda being pushed by a certain specific group of people. And that agenda is to carry out what they consider to be the Luciferian doctrine. And that is to reverse the polarity uh, foundations of energy and to wipe out any and everybody who does not want to go forth with this agenda. The people have the power to stop this agenda. And the number one power that we have is to acknowledge, realize, and not just become aware, but to act against such an agenda. And so we have to ask ourselves, you may not care that the Bahamas was destroyed by a man-made storm. You may not care that there's a pe- that there's a group of people who have the ability to control the weather. But what about when a tornado come run through your house because somebody want to play God? What about when you go on a vacation and you get destroyed or, or you lose your life or your family members or your children and future generations lose their life to a hurricane that's man-made, okay? Because people want to play games and, and act like they God. And so this right here in just a week was an example of the power that we have allowed maniacs to possess, and I have to, you know, pose this question: At what point in time will we become responsible humans and care about the planet Earth enough to where we depower maniacs and we and we dis, uh, you know, we discontinue their ability to destroy the planet Earth as well as us and all other organisms? Which needs such a beautiful planet to sustain our existence and give us a chance to even have what we call a human existence. So if we're going to continue to let people artificially uh, play games on this planet and destroy this planet, then we no longer, uh, you don't have an excuse for our destruction because we are the main ones allowing it. Because if you don't know, then you can't be held accountable. But if you do know and you don't do nothing, you damn near can be held more accountable than the person that's doing evil. It's one thing to say, hey, this person is stealing. It's another thing to say, hey, why aren't you stopping them? And so with that being said, family, this is the end of this presentation titled. uh, I'll go back to the title. Title Hurricane Dorian and Geo Warfare. Once again, family, if you wish wish to um, rewatch this presentation. Uh, You can rewind this live stream link back into all the way back uh, up until 11 p.m. Eastern. So that's two hours from now. So this live stream link will be available
1: for you to revisit for the next two hours after that. That was a long time. That was a long time ago. So but it's still there. Um, But yeah, that's important because there's a lot of storms now. Right. So. You know, you only with, you know, a basic fundamental fucking um, information or intellect or knowledge can you discern truthfully which ones are real and which ones are man-made. And yeah, you know, a lot of it, look at the places, who's there, look at the place, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, damn. None happened to be in Europe, huh? True. But anywho. Thank you. This has been... Um, a, an ama- well, this was an amazing learning experience for me. I wanted to share, share that bit with you. We come black on another episode for... Next episode is going to be on human cloning. I'm going to do a mini-series on that, probably three episodes, because three is like, you know. I like doing Masonic numbers, cause, b- but I invert the meaning. Instead of it meaning something satanic, it's, the, it's of the most high, it's of the utmost positivity and, and, and loving, high-frequency, period. So, yeah, we come in black.